0: Hi, guys, and welcome back to our Millennial Journey podcast. This is Abby. And this is Ruthie. And today we're going to be talking about. PTSD and yes. funny story we tried to record this episode a couple of weeks ago and then we ended up getting into a fight <laughs> and so then so that's really the we pushed it off <laughs> we and then a we got a little busy and then you know we're kind of just scared of fighting again <laughs> so we are looking at like the part of the notes so we started fighting I was like, okay so which part do you want to do <laughs> so we're switching it up this time um uh, and she's gonna say the part that I said wrong last time, Like, But apparently. you know what? Today's been a good day. We just had burrito bowls for dinner, and we watched an episode of Full House, cuddled with our cats, so you know, I'm feeling good right we're now. We're in our basement, and we have all of our Christmas decorations up. It's a fun time. It's It's, an an- aesthetic. it's 9 p.m. <laughs> it's 9 p.m. I have to go to bed pretty soon, because I have clinical tomorrow, but you know. <laughs> Hope you guys appreciate this. We're going to do it. Appreciate okay. this dedication. Get us to one did million we, streams. Did we have all day to do it? Yes, but... You know, I feel like I work the best under pressure. It's true. And I'm the opposite. I'm the one that's like, all right, let's get this done, out of the way. But, you know. Anyways. That's why we complete each other. We are going to take a brief pause for our intro music, and then we're going to get right back into the episode. So going off of our last episode where we talked about stress, we are going to talk about PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. PTSD is a disorder in which a person has difficulty recovering after a traumatic event pretty much. So people with PTSD can often have intense disturbing thoughts and feelings related to their experiences that last long after the traumatic event has ended. So it's worse than just like, going through the initial stress of it because it has more, like, psychological and physical effects on you that last longer. I wouldn't say it's, like, worse than going through the traumatic event, but it's just, like, your body actually has time to process what just happened. It also says that this can last months or years with triggers that bring back memories of the trauma accompanied by intense emotional and physical reactions. You can also relive these memories through flashbacks or nightmares. You know, it's like you see in movies, but it's actually real life that actually happens because it happens to us. Um, And then, obviously, you can feel a bunch of different emotions from it. Yeah. So, some causes of PTSD are just any traumatic events like we talked about. So, being in a car crash – actually happened to us and then being like sexually assaulted or raped or attacked by someone, um, being abused or bullied, or the most common one is obviously like war veterans. They go through it a lot. So just any traumatic stressor, anything that's outside of the ordinary bounds of everyday stress. And you can also experience PTSD like if someone is telling you a traumatic story. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that later in the mm. episode. But yeah, basically any situation in which you know, especially like if your life is in danger or if you got diagnosed with some horrible illness or someone else or losing someone traumatically, um, that can definitely cause PTSD. But also, I don't know if you said in there, also just even being like bullied or teased or, you yeah, know, I have a especially when you're younger, it's like you're very much in your formative years and you're more sensitive. To people's, like, you know, words, made words and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I think some people take that lightly, where it's like, oh, whatever, like, you're just being Bullying, bullied or yeah. you're being dramatic about it and stuff. But it's like, that's very real to the person that it's happening to. Mm-hmm. And if you've never been through it, then you don't get to tell someone else how they get to react to it. Yeah. Our story is kind of like a little timeline of events because. I've, I can think back on two, like, very big, distinct events for me. Yeah, but um, the one that happened to both of us happened before the other one, so Ruth is gonna... I guess mine, technically, it's, like, one that we share, but then one also that's kind of my own, that, like... I'll just get into the story. Okay, just go ahead. So, go ahead, Schwerner. Okay, <laughs> that's really close to me. All right, so the story that we both share is when we were in high school, we were actually bullied by... Our best friend at the time, kind of like a group of people. Actually, like there was like one person that was the main person, but then other people kind of joined in on it. And I think we kind of talked about this in the first episode, in yeah. like our get to we, know like, us episode. We it. briefly talked about it, and like I really don't want to get into it too much because we're trying to move past it. Yeah, <laughs> we, we're trying not to like talk about it or dwell in it too much anymore. Basically, we had the same friend group because we're only a year apart in school. So like Abby kind of did her own thing um, until like ninth grade, maybe. And then or like 10th grade. And then when I got into like freshman year is when we started to have more of the same friend group. Um, So Abby had this one friend that she's had since she was little, like really young. And we all grew up together, went to high school together and everything like that. Um, But then abby's senior year is when everything kind of changed abby's best friend ended up deciding that she just didn't want to be friends with us anymore i guess we honestly like still don't know what happened entirely yeah um it kind of happened like all out of the blue like just one day at lunch like she just decided that she wasn't going to be friends with us anymore and then that one day just kind of like made everything go downhill and it was like this whole big ordeal and then like everything just kind of like stemmed off of that one day that she just decided to not be a friend anymore yeah it's like it wasn't just one day of someone being mean or whatever it was like every day was something else and we like we said we went to a really small school like there were yeah. n- probably what like 30 people all together from like 7th grade to um seniors so yeah it was like you know everything about each other you were with and these like people all day everyone and would know your them. business within an hour yeah of it happening i mean Even, including the including the teachers yeah like that just like if you think about it in a small town like everyone knows the gossip like think of it like that but then also adding in the like high school factor where it's like things are way more heightened with gossip and you know just drama and all that so yeah. it was just like not a fun time because you just couldn't like, escape it. Like, looking back on it, and we talk about this all the time, looking back on it, it was stupid high school drama. It was petty, and it, like, doesn't seem like that big of a deal. And even sometimes when I'm telling people what happened to us, like, when I'm telling people what those people did to us, like, I almost feel like, oh, well, this is kind of stupid. You know what I mean? But, like, at the time, it was such a big deal to us that, like, it wasn't stupid. That's why, like, I always take it really seriously when people in high school are saying if, like, someone's being mean to them or something like that because I know what it feels like. Yeah. And, like, we went through it. Um, yeah, so it kind of, like Abby said, it wasn't just, like, one day, they just were mean to us. It was every day, and, like, every day after that, we would leave school early. Yeah, like, because we just, literally. like, didn't want to deal with that anymore. It was just, like, a bunch of lies, just a bunch of crap, and then because it was a school, like, church thing, it was, like, the authorities were more involved in it than it would be. In, yeah, like, so, not the authorities, it sounds like the police, but, like, the, the teachers or, of like, the school. people in the church so or, the like, principal- whatever like that. Yeah, so I remember one day, we like were crying in study hall one day. And I remember I went into the office because you had to call your mom to ask if you could leave yeah, school early because you had to get, permission to, had to get permission to leave. So I went into the office and I was like, hey, can I call my mom? And they were like, why? And I was like, I just want to I don't feel good and then the principal came over and was like this is like the third day in a row that you're leaving school early is there anything you want to tell me about and I was like no (laughs) and then he was like no come on come talk to me so I like went in his office and I talked to him and like told him what was happening and it felt better to talk about it but then after that the people found out that I told him and then that just made it even worse because then they started like using that against me that I went to get help Yeah. Which is why people who get bullied in high school don't tell people. Because it almost just makes it worse. You know what I mean? Because it's like, if that person finds out, then they're going to be like, oh, you're such a baby, you had to tell. Which is literally what happened to me. Anyways, where's I going with that? I don't know. But (laughs) the point is, I don't think that even now when you're telling people, like, yeah, you might think it's trivial or whatever now because we've moved past that. But also, like, we're adults. Like, we're in our 20s. You know what I mean? But, I mean, it still is valid and like the feelings and everything that we went through was like things that should not have happened especially it hurt even more because they were our best friends or she was like one of our best friends and like you never think that the people closest to you are gonna hurt you that much but like she did and it was hard when like that support system or whatever was kind of taken from you and also it was hard because we were still in that environment it wasn't like oh we only saw her at school, or we only saw them at school. It was like, but we also saw them at church. Yeah, and then it's like, when you so went it was to like, college, like, all those people mm-hmm, were there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like, we couldn't really get away from it, so I think that's why it took us such a long time yeah. to heal from it, and it's still taking us time to heal from it. It was just a very different environment and unless you've like grown up in it it's kind of hard to understand but it's just like the people held on to it and kept making things happen even far after we were out of the situation and even now that we don't like have any contact with them like I think it's gotten better because we have them like blocked on everything Mm -hmm. but it still like took a couple of years for these people to like literally leave us alone. Yeah so that was like kind of the first part of it for me and like we said we like didn't we don't really want to get into details of it just because like i don't want to relive that but also like i don't want to give them the satisfaction that yeah have, right? that like we're still dwelling on it or whatever which we aren't. We're only bringing it up because this is the topic that we're talking about. So like we said, as you can imagine, when you're young kids and you've grown up with all these people all of your life, like your friends, all of a sudden just like turning on you and then them being the ones like bullying you, it's like a lot to deal with. So then since I'm a year older than Ruth, I like went out to college, which that's like more of the same thing happened, but I'm not going to get into it. And then Ruth... Uh, has always known since she was young that she wanted to be a nurse like I think we mentioned this before in like other episodes how mom was like you were two years old playing with all I this." was stuff. three we still can't decide on um, what the correct I year it's was because sure so. you know how mom writes on the back of all of our photos <laughs> does anyone else's mom do that no I'm pretty I think sure it's, it's just us. our mom because our dad owned a camera shop like way back in the day when like it was still negatives and everything that you had to get developed, like film, yeah. So we have so many pictures of our childhood, which I love. But anyways, my mom would had all these photo albums and would like write on the back of pictures with like which is actually really stuff. smart. I know. Good job. I'm probably I'm gonna start doing. Way that. to go. Anyways, I'm telling Ruth part of the story because she's getting a little bit too triggered <laughs> by talking about it. But basically, she had always known that she wanted to be a nurse and even when she was like young, she would be helping people and it's like, like we said before, that when God gives you a plan for your life, you know, he gives people special gifts, like we were saying, and talents and it's like, he'll reveal to you what it is that you're meant to do and for Ruth, it's always been nursing. So like, she always had those moments, even when she was young. Where it would be like, oh yeah, this is like what you're meant to do, and you like know? when you know that is what you're meant to do, like you're gonna do everything you can to achieve that. And that's even if you're not, you know, involved in religion or anything. Like if you want to become an entrepreneur and start your own business, like you're gonna have that drive in you, and you're gonna do whatever it takes yeah, to make or if, it like, happen. Like you want to be an astronaut or something. Like so, adding in that element of the faith and, you know, the religion and everything, it's like we trust that God is going to tell us and show us, like, whether these things actually are right. So, Ruth is always known just in her gut and then also from trusting in God that this is what he wants her to do. So, when it came time to figure out college, it was, she was very discouraged by the people in authority, in the school, and in the church from going into that field because it wasn't what they thought that she should be doing they wanted me to do something more spiritual or like something in the church yeah. pretty much so I mean think of it like your parents not being supportive of you but it's like these people that you'd grown up with all your life and looked yeah. to and for I think that's guidance right. and everything yeah. all of a sudden just being like no you're not doing what we want you to do so we're like not going to support you and they were telling her like you're gonna fail you're gonna mess up your life you're gonna do this and that yeah so obviously telling a young kid that like you don't do that I yeah. can see if she was going to be like a stripper or something <laughs> crazy like that but like if she is doing something good with her life right. like- and that's like ugh. anyways okay I think what made it like more difficult is because whenever I tell people like well yeah like the authorities like weren't supportive of it they're like who cares but it's different because we went to a private school and we grew up with these people and we went to a church with these people and it's like authority figures in the church and in the school are so much more what's the word you're supposed to have so much more respect towards them That I feel like people who go to a public school, like, they don't really care about their teachers or Mm -hmm. respect for their authority or anything like that. But, like, because we had that deep respect for them and that trust for them, like, I was super close with the majority of them by the end of my senior year. And then for them to tell me that I was going to ruin my life, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's not what I was expecting, and I thought that, like, we were supposed to do what God wanted us to do. So, basically, whenever she would try and get over it, something else would happen, but I think the pinnacle of it was she was pretty much publicly humiliated by the authority, like, the main one over, like, in front of everyone, and it's like, you're calling out this young 17 18 year old girl publicly humiliating her in front of everyone that she knows like, you know didn't That's say she- my name but, but everyone, everyone knew. knew it was me because i only graduated with two other people so there were only three graduates and like everyone knew that it was me yeah so I mean, any kind of situation like that. I mean, even if it wasn't in a church situation or school yeah, situation, yeah, it's still just, hard for you to go through. That's traumatic. It's yeah. like something, yeah, something really hard to deal with. Especially, like, think of it when you're really excited about something, then all of a sudden and then someone, someone just, just like, like squashes oh, your balls well, in your bed or something like that. Like that really hurts. And also, like I'm a big overthinker and stuff like that. So, and words are my love language. So, like, I took those words very personally and, like, dwelled on them a lot and everything. But also, whenever, after that happened, I still had to go and see that person every week. So, it was like, I never had the time to heal. And I love this quote that says, you can't heal in the same place you've been hurt. Yeah. I read that, like, years after this happened. But it was so true. Because I remember distinctively, I was sitting in, like, a service. And I just looked around and at the like congregation and I could like point out all the people who had like hurt me and I was like oh this is what they did to me and like I would just like relive it and it was like every time that I saw them it just hurt even more and I and I can never heal from that. It was basically just one thing after another like this all happened within what like a year or whatever of each other so it was just a lot to deal with especially when you're young and you know you think everything is like a huge deal and yeah. like you're stressed about what you're going to do with your life and you know all of that and then all of a sudden to have everyone like turn on you pretty much um it was just difficult and that's when we had to have the conversation with our parents of like we cannot be in this environment anymore like we're not saying that it's bad and you know, that's one thing that we do want to get across is that, like, we're not condemning the church or, like, religion or anything like Mm -hmm. that. It's just, that was not the place that we needed to be anymore. Yeah, and it's, there's good people there. We're not saying that it's a bad place, but it just wasn't for us anymore, and, like, we just were Like Ruth was saying, like, we had to get out of that environment if we were going to move on with our life, because Mm -hmm. at that point, it wasn't stopping. It was, like, just more hurt building on each other, and that's when, you know, like the bitterness and anger and resentment is gonna like send. yeah, and it started to, and that's when we were like, okay, we can't do this anymore. Yeah, so that's something that we are pretty much like still overcoming. Like we've come way farther than oh, yeah. it has been, but it was something that we pushed to the side a lot. It was like traumatic, and then it's like we just don't want to think about it. We just want to, you know, traveling. Was our escape and all that. We started making new friends, and then it's like you kind of start to heal from it. But, but then if you something don't, would pop up. Yeah. And that's like one of the things we're going to talk about is that there's other triggers and things that can bring back those memories and yeah. those feelings. And if you don't fully deal with it, then you're going to keep on being affected. Or know it. what those triggers are to avoid it. Right. Then you're still going to get, yeah. So, I mean, what happened to us was very hurtful, but. On our end, we needed to take it to, like, forgiveness because that's the only way that we could truly heal from it. So... But also, like, I'm thankful that it happened. Yeah. Because it made us who we are today. And also, like, I don't think we would be where we are and the people that we are now if we didn't go through that. And we all, like, we would have never started this podcast Yeah, if that didn't happen to us. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, so a lot of times when you're going through something like that, yeah, it sucks and you don't understand why it's happening to you, but like, look at us all these years later, now we understand why it happened, you know? Yeah, and we want to help other people that have gone through something similar, or, you know? Right. So it's like everything you go through, like you're going through for a reason, and a lot of times it's so that you can get experience to help other people mm-hmm. when they go through it, so. Yeah. Yeah. And we also wanted to point out as far as the whole church thing, like we were able to find another church and we were able to make our faith real for ourselves Mm -hmm. instead of just it being something that we were always told Mm -hmm. and taught it was like we made it real for ourselves and then and that's like another thing that I think we should talk about as well we've come like so much farther in our faith and everything because it's real to us because we made it to be because like I know for me I got to the point where I was like if this is what religion is I don't want any part in it yeah like I didn't I didn't want to do it anymore but then that point scared me because like you know you were always taught like you should never live a life without God And when people do start to live a life without God, like, that's when things start to go crazy. And also, like, that's what those people were telling me were going to happen, too. They were like, oh, if you go and, like, you know, go to a community college and do nursing, like, your life is going to be all screwed up and stuff like that. And, like, I started to let – like, I almost let that happen. Yeah, and that's how – Because I was so hurt by it. The devil uses people to – you know, disrupt you. And to like drive that wedge in between you and God and everything. Yeah. Yeah. He'll use like whatever and whoever to do that. So that was a huge thing that we had to overcome because it really was like the foundation of everything that we are like God and the church and our faith and everything was so much ingrained into like the way that we were raised and everything like that. So it was just a lot to work through of being so hurt by those people Wanting, you know, nothing to do with any of that to coming to the point of where we decided to, like, you know, choose God. To take control. of everything. And to... And just be like, no, we don't want to turn our back on that. No, not everything is bad and, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm making any sense. trying to find what God wanted us to learn from the situation instead of, why are you doing this to me? Which we talked about. And... Our previous episode, when we were talking about, like, reshaping your thinking. Yeah. Which is what we did, and it really helped us to get through it. So, anyways. (laughs) Okay, so then moving on to the next part. So, shortly after that happened, I was working at the company with some people from our church. Um, But they were really awesome people. Like, I loved them so much. They were really close family friends. They hired me straight out of high school. I was working there. And it was, like, a small family-owned business, And so I was working with the husband and wife, and we had two locations. So it was, like, the shop where all the guys worked, and then it was, like, the office where me and the wife worked. And then, like, her husband would come in because he lived closer to that office, so he was there a lot of the time. But I was with them, like, literally every single day, five days a week. So the husband's name was Bill. And uh, the wife's name was Phyllis and they were honestly like my second parents like we would have lunch together every day we had all these inside jokes like, like they, they would, would literally they would s- take they would take Abby out yeah they'd be like spoil yeah, me on. like for my birthday and like stuff like that I went with them to vote and they were like oh yeah we'll just pretend like you're our daughter cuz I was yeah. like their kids age and stuff so it was like I was really close with them it wasn't just like a typical work you know, relationship. So, Bill had always had, like, ongoing health problems and everything, and, like, he had this kidney disease. It was, like, polycystic kidney disease, and so he was on dialysis, like, three times a week, and then he just, like, always had all this weird stuff going on with him, but, like, everyone loved him because he never let that, like, to find him. him. Yeah. He was always, like, the happiest person. And so funny. So like, funny. he's just, like, so Dorky. friendly. Yeah. Like, oh, man, he was seriously the best. I remember this one day, Phyllis and I were craving candy. We we're like, Bill, can you just, like, run down to the store and just, like, get us some candy? And he's like, yeah, okay. Comes back in with two bags full of candy dumps it out on like the cabinets and is like here you go and we're like oh my gosh (laughs) we literally had candy for months but it was just so much fun so then he got sick which you know for him it wasn't anything out of the ordinary but he like got sick he was running a fever blah 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 he was driving into work one day and then he got into a car accident and, um, like, it wasn't anything too bad. He had this giant truck, so it, like, really didn't affect him at all. And come to find out, it was actually one of our friends <laughs> that hit him, which was wild. But, yeah, he was okay. And so then the next day, the next morning, he just wasn't feeling good. It was a Friday morning. And so he stayed home from work. And so Phyllis and I were working in the office, like. He was like, hold all my calls, but I had talked to him to, like, ask him a question or something like that. So we had talked to him, like, everything was fine. His mother was also on dialysis because she had the kidney disease, too. It was, like, passed down through their family. And so Phyllis had to go and pick her up from dialysis after work. So she went there, um, was taking care of her mom. So I was at home, whatever, and then it was around... I think like eight o'clock or like nine o'clock and I got a call from one of my coworkers, and I was like that's really weird like I don't talk to them outside of the office like and so immediately I just like knew that something was wrong so I answered the phone and I just remember her saying like so I like Bill died like he died tonight and I was like what no what are you talking about like that's not true I just talked to him on the phone today like It's not that. And she was like, no, I don't know. I just, like, heard that, that he died. Okay. And stuff like that. And I just got this pit in my stomach, and I was like, okay, I'm going to call Phyllis. And I remember calling her, and she was like, hello. And I was like, Phyllis. And then she just, like, didn't say anything. And, like, I knew then. I knew then that it was true. And... It was just, like, if you've ever lost someone traumatically, like, it just is the worst feeling in the world. And I remember it was just so much to deal with. Like, I can still relive everything, like, so vividly. And just everything that I was feeling, just, like, screaming out, crying, like I couldn't believe it. I was so upset, like my stomach was crazy. I was like throwing up and I remember just like crying so much. And It was a lot to deal with and because I was so close to them and because it was just like so traumatic it was it just made it extra hard that night I couldn't sleep the entire night and like my sleep was all messed up like I had no appetite like I didn't eat at all and like I was just like crying all the time my family like didn't know how to help me um and I remember on that morning I had listened to like the Ed Sheeran song that's, oh like, my gosh supermarket flowers yes oh I don't th- ever listen to that song I heard song. that song in the morning And I remember thinking it was so sad, and I, like, called my mom, and I was like, I just wanted to say I love you and all that stuff like that. And so, like, that is a trigger for me. Like, I literally cannot listen to that song anymore because it, like, brings up just all those memories and everything like that. And then on Monday, like, I went into the office, and I walked by his office, and then, like, I just started crying. And then someone called and was like, can I speak to Bill? And I was just, like, not emotionally ready for that. So I, like, broke down crying on the phone to this random man. And I was like, Bill actually, like, just passed away on Friday. And, like, this poor man. Like, I feel so bad because he, like, didn't know what to do. He was like, I'm so sorry. And, like, that just, like, stands out in my memory, like, so much. I feel bad for that man. But, yeah. So it was just... It was a lot to deal with, and then I felt like I had to be there extra for Phyllis. So, it was just, like, a lot of stuff to work through, a lot of emotions, and then, like, that was around the time that I started having my health problems. So, yeah, it was definitely, like, stress-related and everything like that because it's, like, three, almost four years later, I'm still dealing with that stuff, and, like, none of the doctors can find out what's wrong. That was definitely, like, the biggest thing that happens to me and it's something that obviously like I still get triggered when I talk about it and honestly like this is where like the whole PTSD can come in from somebody else telling you a story like Abby and I are very like emotionally connected so like she's crying right now and I'm (laughs) literally like holding back tears and like it was hard for me because I saw how heartbroken she was and I couldn't anything to help. So like that made me feel even worse because I was like, she's my best friend and I don't even know how to help her. So I feel like that was hard for me as well. So like even looking back on it, like I wasn't close with Bill. Like really. Like I mean, I loved him. I thought he was a great guy, but obviously I wasn't really close with him. But like it was hard for me and I kind of had like the secondary like grief from you going through all that. So it was like you had to be strong for Phyllis, but then I felt like I had to be strong for you. Yeah, I don't know and I feel like through that like I learned your triggers from it too so I'm like very aware of <laughs> like oh don't talk about that because like that could trigger her like something yeah. like that. And that's another thing that we wanted to mention is like secondary trauma can be just as real. Yeah. Um, Just because it didn't happen to you directly doesn't mean that your feelings that you have from it aren't valid. Again the whole empathetic thing. Yeah. I feel like we're very empathetic people especially for each other yeah so I think the hardest part for me was not only was it traumatic but also I never got to fully like, heal from groove. it yeah I never got to fully grieve because I wanted to be the strong one for her yeah well also like it was it happened so suddenly like yes he was very sick but like you would have never expected yeah. that that was gonna happen just like as randomly and as suddenly as it did But also, like you had never lost someone who was so close to you. Yeah, I think I was what, like twenty at the time, nineteen or twenty. So I was the only person, the only person that we lost that we were kind of close to was like our grandma but even at that like we weren't very close with her and we were really young yeah we were really like I barely remember anything all I remember is like visiting her at the hospital but like honestly we didn't even visit her we were just having fun with our cousins <laughs> the entire time Like yeah. just messing around so like I think that was harder for you because you had never gone through it before and really neither had like, mom and dad, Mm -hmm. honestly. That's why they were, like, even saying, like, we don't know how to comfort you because we've never gone through it. Yeah. And also, I think that's when you first started to deal with your depression. But, like, we didn't know what it was. Because, like, I remember, like, yeah, you wouldn't eat. And you would just, like, cry. And you would take naps, which is not, like, you at all. So, that was, like, big... It was definitely, like, a learning experience for all of us, but also, obviously, like, you still deal with it, and I think just recently is when you, like, started to heal from it, when you kind of got out of that environment. Yeah, because... Because, like, obviously, if you still were there, you would see his name, or you would see his email, and... Or people would ask for him, or stuff like that, so, like, again, you can't heal in the same place you've been hurt, so... Yeah. His wife, like, Phyllis, just recently got remarried, and I remember I was, like, always so protective of her because i was protective of bill too so it's like no one else would ever be good enough for her you know yeah and so like i'm really thankful that i wasn't there when this all happened because i told ruth i was like i don't think i would have been emotionally able to handle it like it just would have been too hard for me like i'm so happy for her now that she's happy because obviously after she lost him it was devastating for her so like i'm so happy now that she has someone else and she even told me she was like You are still that connection to Bill for me. Yeah, it's, like, definitely something, even though it happened so long ago, it's, like, like we said, there are still triggers that can bring it up. Yeah. And then that just goes to show you that it's, like, how much your mind and, like, your heart and your body and just, like, everything are so connected that it's, like, this thing like, broke my heart and, like, you know, whatever, it was, like, all in my mind, and then, but it was also having, like, physical effects on me because I didn't fully get it all out. Yeah. So, it's, like, it was manifesting into health problems. I had so much hair loss, and it's, like, Mm -hmm. something that I'm still dealing with, but it's, like, at the time, it was, like, clumps of my hair just falling out, and, like, obviously, that's traumatic, like, seeing that when you're a girl having to go through that. So it's just, like, my body was just so, like, literally shaken and, like, messed up that it's, like, all these crazy things start to me. I think for me, it was, well, I was sleeping a lot more, which, like, I already (laughs) love sleeping, so, like, I was sleeping a lot more, but also, like, I didn't have an appetite for a long time and, like, wouldn't eat. After what happened in high school? Yeah, and kind of, like going into college and stuff. So, like, I didn't have my appetite for, like, the longest time and then remember when we went to Italy, I was like, oh, I finally <laughs> have my appetite back Italy and I literally, do that to you. I literally gained, like, five pounds when we went to Italy but, like, for the past, whatever, two years previous, like, I, I wouldn't really eat. Like, I would on some days but then on other days, like, I would just be like, I'm not hungry. Like, I don't want to eat. So, I think that's one of the biggest things that we want to stress is that it is such a real thing and if you're still dealing with effects like that and, you know, it's completely normal. It's just something that you have to learn to deal with and truly heal from it in whatever way that may be so for the first thing that happened to us it's like our healing was through forgiveness and letting it go and then obviously i'm still kind of like healing from the lost it's kind of like you like rebuilding relationships almost well it's also just like realizing like comforting knowing that he's not sick anymore and all that stuff like that it's also important to remember that like ptsd is one of those things that isn't just one size fits all we went through very different experiences, but, like, it's still PTSD. You know what I mean? We had to take a brief intermission because <laughs> my nose started bleeding. So I don't know if you can tell. She's on the little I'm a little nasally because <laughs> I have a tissue shoved up my nose right now. So, um, I'm going to be taking over for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have symptoms from my book. The four cardinal symptoms um, are... The first one is intrusive memories, so this can be flashbacks or nightmares or just like any unwanted memories that you have or like thoughts or anything. And I think that's what military people struggle with the most is like having those flashbacks. And nightmares. Well, we have nightmares. Like I would say that's probably my biggest symptom of it is that I have nightmares of it happening to me over again. The next one is avoidance. So you avoid all the memories, places, people associated with that event, or you just can't remember what happened at all. So that happens a lot with the military as well. They'll just be like, oh, I can't really remember what happened." if you like ask them. And then you have persistent negative alterations in cognitions and mood. So distorted thoughts about yourself. So specifically like war vets, a lot of times they feel guilt after a traumatic event. So like if their friend got killed in the war but they didn't, they'll feel guilty about it and that's their like disturbed alteration in their thought and stuff. Or you have alteration in arousal and activity. So you're irritable, angry, self-destructive. You have an exaggerated startle response so you're easily scared. So like Again, going back to war vets, like sometimes when they come back from the war, even if they just hear like a loud sound, it can like freak them out because it's a trigger for them. Or you can have hypervigilance, which is increased alertness all the time. So you're like constantly on edge and you're kind of just waiting for something to happen and trouble sleeping. Okay, so now we're going to talk about different types of self-care for it and ways to overcome it. So... First, identify whatever has happened to you, like the causes, the symptoms, know your triggers. I think you were saying the second one is like avoidance of those triggers, right? I mean, if If you you know know that something something is going to bother you. Like that song, like I can't listen to that song because I know that it's just going to bring everything back to me. Yeah, and like for us, it was also the place. So we try not to go back over there. But it's hard because if your traumatic event was like a car accident, I know that's a huge thing for people to overcome is like you're scared to go back in the car again or like you're scared to drive. Like you're always going to have that little bit of fear that it's going to happen again. Mm -hmm. But like that's one of those things where it's like so much a part of your everyday life that it's like you can't just avoid, you know, but also like you can't be enslaved by fear all the time either. That's another big thing. It's, like, you can't live your life in fear of everything. Yeah. Like Ruth said, it's not a one-size-fits-all sort of thing. Like, everyone deals with things differently or, like, has had different things happen to you. So, like, you have to figure out the best way for you to overcome it. Yeah. And if it is taking in some time to avoid that or whatever, like, yeah, if you got in a huge car accident, obviously, you're in a one- You're not going to want to go on the go road on the car again right, right away. away. But it's something that you do need to- ease back yeah so even kind of like knowing your triggers and stuff like we were taught in school there's specific therapy so it's like cognitive behavioral therapy so it's basically where you just sit there and you talk to like a doctor and they kind of examine your thought process and stuff like that and get you to reform your thought process and then also there's obviously just actual therapy that you can go to with a therapist and like a psychiatrist or something like that and they have different methods of you can like talk them through the story you can write down what happened to you Or they can, like, re-expose you to the trigger, like, little by little so that you, like, kind of get used to it. Like, if it is an everyday thing, like, you know, if someone did get in a car accident, like, maybe they might take you driving, like, a little bit, like, five minutes a day or, like, something like that so that you just kind of get that exposure and get reused to it and, like, that helps a lot of people out. That was the second point that I had is to confide in someone and whether it is like for me, Ruth, like I tell her a lot of things or like if your parents or your friends or your boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, whatever, or even if you do need to see like a third party help because sometimes it's just easier to tell it to an outside party or like a trained professional like that's completely okay to ask for help and by getting it out there instead of keeping everything in, that's a huge step for being able to heal from it because if you keep it cooped up it's going to come out in other ways like we said in the last podcast. Look after your physical health. It's so easy when you are like depressed or you're You know stuff like that. Like the last thing you're thinking about is taking care of your health. Like, even if it's just drinking water or eating or like getting up and moving around, it's like something that you just like physically do not have the energy to do. But that's a huge way to help you to start to feel better is to take care of your physical health and your mental health too. And then give yourself time. Everyone heals from things differently. Just because one person might be able to get over something fast doesn't mean that you have to get over it in the same amount of time. You know, if someone else lost their mom and it took them five years to be able to talk to about it without crying, but it takes you like eight, you know, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you or you shouldn't feel rushed to but also going rush along yourself with that, to heal. Don't rush other people to heal. Be like, well, I did it in this time or you should be over this by now. Yes. Like, I hate it when people say that. And that's something that we've had to deal with with the whole high school experience is just people being like, you should be over that by now. And I'm like, okay, well, you didn't go through it, so you don't get to tell me how I yeah heal from it, you know? Make sure it's not to where you're like holding on to it because in your mind you don't want to forgive that person you know if it's something like that but if it is something like traumatic or like if you lost someone or if you had something traumatic happen to you like just because someone else doesn't understand doesn't mean that it's not valid. Yeah, that your feelings and everything aren't valid. I think I even said that in the last one, that when I started having these health problems, I didn't want to say anything to Phyllis because, like, I had a feeling that it was triggering from that whole situation, but I was like, well, it happened to her directly, you know? Like, yeah, it happened to me, but obviously it affected her more. It was her husband. But, and she even told me, like, that doesn't make your feelings and what you went through any less invalid. So, that's important. To remember, be aware of for yourself and then also be aware of for others that are dealing with it. Like be patient with them because they have a lot going on in their mind and stuff like that. And then the last thing that I have and what's probably helped us the most is to turn to God because God is such a big part of our lives and everything and it's like there's this one verse in the Bible where it says like casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. At the end of the day, we don't know why these things happened and maybe years later like with our whole high school situation we're like okay yeah that happened to make us like better people to are told like maybe lessons. it'll help us with like our future kids or something like that yeah and especially at the time you might not know why it happened so like there are things that are out of our control and you're gonna have to let go of that and for us like letting go is just giving it to God and just trusting that he knows what's best for us all right guys so I think that's everything that we wanted to mention I'm still struggling over here with my nose i'm oh, she's like, like so like breathing surprised. really loud because she's like trying not to breathe loud because then like, it'll like not pick not up so i just hear <laughs> <laughs> like in the corner earth is like stares at me when i talk <laughs> and i'm like how is she not bursting out laughing that's love i'm also used to it though because you have bloody I noses, bloody a, noses lot, a lot so it's like i'm not even phased by it anymore You literally hold your nose sometimes when you have a (laughs) bloody nose. Oh, man. I'm a hot mess. This this is why, honestly, I was kind of avoiding doing this episode because I knew that it was, like, going to trigger me. Hey, but now you're going to have a good sleep, though, because you cried. Yep. You know what? So, anyways, we hope that this episode helped you guys and honestly I'm kind of glad that we took the time to record this one we had more time to fully devote to it because it's a very important topic obviously it's something that's very real in our lives that's affected us and so we wanted to share it with you guys for someone else who's going through it to know you're not alone so yeah (laughs) I hope that you enjoyed it if you got something from this episode, or just want to know when the next episode comes out, you can go ahead and follow us on our social media. Our podcast social media is at Our Millennial Journey, and that's on Instagram and Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And then our personal Instagrams are at Postcards from Abby and at Rucie underscore Che. And honestly, if you're going through this and you need someone to talk to like we would be more than happy to talk to you about it so always feel free to message us or anything we'll always be here for you guys this is a part of our mental health series and then we're going to be talking about some other topics and if you have any topics that you want us to talk about as well yeah go ahead and let us know yep so we hope you guys are enjoying these and that it's helping you and you will hear from us next time bye have a great week. Bye. bye. <laughs> It's our journey